0: one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com
1: the premier league all access podcast is proud to be brought to you by ladbrooks stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world the premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at LabBrooks.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply.
2: It's the Premier League preview show for the 37th week of the 2017-2018 season. I'm Tom and coming up on today's show... We are talking about Manchester City who will lift the Premier League trophy this weekend following their game against Huddersfield Town on Sunday. But still plenty to be decided across the division, mainly down the bottom. Stoke against Palace. West Brom take on Tottenham. Everton go to Southampton. And Leicester take on West Ham. There are so many teams who could still be in the championship next year. The last few days of the season are going to be very intense indeed. And also, the small matter of Champions League finalists Liverpool going to Chelsea on Sunday. That's all coming up. Brighton this weekend as a Friday night football uh, to round off our penultimate weekend of the season as Brighton take on Manchester United. On Saturday, Stoke City against Crystal Palace is the early game. The late is Everton against Southampton. Across the three o'clocks, West Brom take on Tottenham. The Albion still not relegated from the Premier League and they can survive even longer depending on how Swansea get on this weekend. Also, Bournemouth will take on Stoke. Leicester against West Ham and Watford-Newcastle. Uh, on Sunday, Man City take on Huddersfield. There's Chelsea, Liverpool and Arsenal, Burnley. And worth looking ahead to to Tuesday night football where Swansea in action against Southampton. What a great game that's going to be down the bottom. Uh, and it's hello to our pal, David Walker, Talk Sports football editor. How are you, mate? I am very good, Tom. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, you were at the Watford game uh, for uh, Spurs on Monday. Yeah. I was doing the commentary of it here. If your boys knew how to shoot, if Richarlison could score from four yards out, you'd probably be
3: Champions League contenders. I thought <laughs> Watford were pretty good. I don't know about that, but we'd certainly be a lot better off than we are, which is me pessimistically looking at the league table and thinking we could go into the last day of the season only three points above the bottom three. Oh,
2: I think you've got enough, mate. You've got enough. 38 is enough. But yeah, 37 to the line.
3: It has been a story of certainly the the latter half of the season Watford have not been good enough at finishing the chances. They do quite often create... I mean, Spurs were creating the chances for, mm. for Watford in, in the first half, in, yeah. in part as well. Dyer, just, Dembele, just giving the ball to our players who just didn't want to oblige. Yeah.
2: Poor old Andre Gray, eh? He did everything right. What a ball from Kapu for him. Shot straight at the goalkeeper. But he
3: didn't do it. He did He did the crucial bit wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah, the main bit. Yeah, The scoring just bit. Just
3: open your foot up, get it into the near post. Have you
2: tried scoring, Andre? Give that a whirl. I mean,
3: that is a problem when you've got a player like him who has... Not been in the team hardly at all since Javi Gracia arrived. And he, he's, he's not confident and gets one chance, snatches at it. It's probably mm. weighing on his mind and that's it. And it, gone, it goes and it becomes even worse. Same in Richarlison. Hasn't scored since November. Young man coming from Brazil. Has played an awful lot of football in the last two years. Yeah. And I think it's really starting to, to show.
2: Uh, But that, of course, isn't the big story of the week. Uh, It's one we enjoyed. Far far from it, It's one we were covering. But the big story of the week, of course, Liverpool becoming the first British team to make the Champions League final since 2012. Uh, And I loved the semi-finals, both the the uh, Bayern-Real Madrid game and this one. Terrific. Because they just had teams, and this goes back to Southampton Bournemouth as well to a degree last weekend. It had teams trying to win the match mm. there was none of this where well, we've got to make sure we have eight men back and don't let them get at us and all that sort of stuff it was should we score more goals than them fantastic this is how this became the
3: number one sport in the world it was brilliant absolutely brilliant to watch that that game on tuesday especially uh bayern just absolutely going hell for leather at <sighs> the end trying to get the goals and oh god the the error from the goalkeeper oh all right By the worst god bless i've him. ever seen that, Absolutely. Did you see that picture that
2: uh, journalist Rick Sharma put yeah, up? And it was basically Sven Ulrike sitting on his own. And it's amazing. All these photographers that have paid loads of money for their professional shots. And a guy has nailed it with his phone in the crowd. Yeah. Uh, just sitting on his own. Nobody around him. Loneliest man in Madrid. But that was one of those errors. that You know, we spoke about Joe Hartley the other week in the Stoke game. And I don't know what he was trying to do. I don't know what Ulrike was trying to do.
3: Well, I think it was fairly clear what he was trying to do. He, he, came, he, he was going to pick the ball up. And yeah. then and the last second, he was like, oh, I can't pick it up. But then he, but not then he 90 just 90 jumped one. out of the way,
2: which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, surely at that point, you try and kick <laughs> it or you just pick it up anyway. You just sort of went, yeah. leave it.
3: Do something. Leave it, John. Do anything but so the thing weird. that you did. Such a yeah. weird
2: thing. Uh, what a final it's going to be as well. And you know what's, what's real, I'm loving about this is that Liverpool fans, they're everywhere. And they are pretty convinced they've got a great chance against Real Madrid. Maybe more so than they may have had against Bayern Munich.
3: Well I think they I don't know a great chance but they certainly have got as good a chance as they possibly are, are going to have against this Real Madrid team if that makes sense. This is the year to play them. I know they've got to the final again, which is a great achievement, but mm-hmm. they are demonstrably weaker than they have been over the past four or five seasons when they've been getting to Champions League finals on a regular basis, winning them more often than not. Mm. You the the big thing I was talking to Ray Houghton about this yesterday, who did the game for TalkSport. And I was sort of saying, oh, you know, if they get through, what, what chance you give them against Real Madrid? And on paper, with with how Liverpool have played this season, you'd give them a good chance because their attack is so proficient. Mm. Real Madrid's defence has been leaky. At home, they've conceded a lot of goals to a lot inferior teams than, than Liverpool. But the the thing that he was saying, he said, I've seen a lot of teams go to cup finals in big occasions. I'm yeah. used to being there and, and completely just get swamped just and engulfed by the day. Yep. Real Madrid know what what's involved in this occasion. They've been here before. Most of the same players have done this day. They, they know what the whole routine, the build-up, everything about it is normal to them. They're used to it. They're going to be relaxed. They're going to be confident. They're going to be ready. A lot of those Liverpool players have never been on an, in an occasion anything like this. Mm. So if, it's about whether they can perform to the best of their ability under extreme pressure.
2: Uh, Maybe one of the only players they've got that have experienced winning seasons, successful seasons, is James Milner. Uh, who uh, is the top assist maker in the Champions League this year. It's been a great story. But also, he's kind of like become a bit of a cult hero in England because we had the boring James Milner, uh, the, the parody account, which was, you know, James Milner's a really boring man. He'd done that video with Man City a few years ago, which was kind of like um, juxtaposing that with what he's really like. But then yesterday, the, uh, Des Kelly said to him on the pitch, uh, for those that missed it outside the UK, um, you can have a glass of wine after the game. He's a famous teetotaler. I'm just going to have a nice Rabina. Uh, which was great. And then he does that tweet about, does anyone know how to get a Champions League imprint out of your face after he scored that own goal? The guy has just totally taken away all the jokes about him. The guy is he's almost beloved now. He's an- he's crazy.
3: And he's one of the most decorated English players of his generation as well. If you look at everything that he's won, the games he's played in terms of the goals he's scored, the assists he's got. And I bet he's kicking himself, really, that he's retired from international football.
2: Yeah, I'm sure there's a few desperate phone calls going his way. Uh, One other quick thing I wanted to mention about this, that was tickets for the final. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's always the same for finals. right? We know that. However, um, a general supporter allocation should be 63%. But from that, they reckon there might only be about 13,000 Liverpool fans in the state. And that can take over 60 going to this final in Kiev. Now, I know there's a lot of sponsorship involved and a lot of money to be made and all that, but your finals need to surely. We've got to do something to make sure it's 70% of the ground is supporters, of which that's a 50 50 split. Mm. Otherwise, what are we all doing this for? Liverpool fans and Real Madrid fans need to be able to get into the it ground. The same for Real
3: Madrid. They're going to have their 10,000 yes. as well.
2: Same uh, approx, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's always the way, isn't it? And it's the corporate seats are going to be the ones that m- they make the most money on. But, I mean, it's is mad, isn't it? Have you seen the price of the hotel rooms and everything in Kiev? Mm, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, you can get a, a room in, like,
2: a three-star hotel
3: basically. the weekend after for, like, €40 Euros a night. Mm. And on on the, the 26th, it's going to be about 8000 or something mad.
2: I mean, it is the way it goes. I mean, I've got, I had tickets for the... Um... The Rugby Union European Cup, which takes place at San Mames this weekend or next weekend, I had a ticket and I thought, oh, I'll go to that. I'm sure it won't be that expensive to fly to Bilbao if you go this weekend. It's like 100 quid. Uh, I found £498 was the cheapest, uh, and that was a 13-hour flight that stopped off on the other side of the world before it came back. (laughs) Uh, So I'm not going in the end. Uh, It would have been a lovely jolly-up, but I'm not going. Uh, Listen, got to do some other stories quickly from this week. Here's one that I found a bit odd. Uh, Edison, Man City goalkeeper. Bernardo Silva, Man City midfielder. They're on holiday this week. Together. Um, not together. One has gone to the south of France. I think Edison's gone with his family to the south of France. Uh, I'm not stalking them. This was on social media. We're well, Instagram. I
3: was in the south of France last weekend. Yeah, well, I didn't I mean, see him. You're that kind of guy,
2: aren't you? Oh, a couple of days in Monaco. Classic Walker. Um, but it's weird that the season ends in uh, whenever, like 10 days. This weekend it'll be a week. Yeah. You know, there's a game on Sunday, so there's seven days until the end.
3: But they've won it. Going on holiday then. They are literally on the beach. Quite literally on the beach. Yeah.
2: Might be a little opening for Huddersfield here. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Silva's not there. What if Claudio
3: Bravo's playing? I think Claudio... I think Edison could come back and play in his <laughs> in his Speedos and shades and they'd still be OK.
2: I just find it really strange. Like, someone said to me earlier, well, they've got the World Cup, and they They have the World Cup to play coming up. And I thought, well, though that might be true, when the season finishes, they're not in a cup final, either FA or, or Champions League, No, there's so a
3: five-week yeah, break. But what you, what, honestly, think about it realistically. What, what do they want a, these players to do? They've won the league. Mm. They're fit as anything what they're going to be doing is kicking around Manchester. Just go away for a couple of days, come back for the game on Sunday. There we go. Hey,
2: they're entitled to do what they want. I just found it odd. Uh, You'd normally like, I might have a couple of days at home and there's a few pictures of Otto Mendes just off work. And what do you do when you're off work? You sit in your tracksuit and you watch a box set. That's what he's doing. I get that. But if they've gone to the south of France, then what are they going to do in two weeks? Should we have got another holiday? Well, we've just done that.
3: Uh, well, they can. It's weird, isn't it? They, they can. They can do what they like. But
2: you know what it's like, Dave. You're G- perennially on holiday. You can't get boring abroad. after a while, can't it? I mean, he's worn through all of his speedos. You know, it's, it's a real graphic scene now when Dave's away. Anyway, got to do this one as well briefly. Uh, you see these quotes from Fellaini uh, this week. So the first one was that he said that, Uh, Man United have messed him around with his contract too much and he's now got all the power. Mourinho said he wants to keep him uh, and he said, I've got plenty of offers and I feel like like Man U have messed me around, talking, I think it's Belgian media. But the other one is what I thought was amazing. So Jamie Carragher, who of course had his issues in England in recent times, uh, he apparently said that the Belgian was a repeat offender when it came to elbowing opponents, which he is. Um, That's absolutely true. When I'm doing a commentary of a Man United game or an Everton game previously, I like to run a little tally for Fellaini, for how many times I think he should have been booked before he actually gets booked? Uh, normally, seven. Because referees go into games with a plan. We know that, thanks to Klatenberg. Uh And they don't want to send him off because they know it's going to be a massive pain. So they try not to book him, even though he should be sent off in 20 minutes every game. But he responded like this, and I just thought, this is incredible. How can Jamie Carragher dare to question me the guy spat from his car on a girl after a Manu Liverpool match? That's pretty brassy, isn't it? Yeah, well,
3: and of course, that is that is true. But it doesn't preclude Jamie Carragher from ever commenting on a football match ever again in his life no good row though this is good playground stuff charity boxing match would be fun (laughs) wouldn't it between those two (laughs) I'd love to see that (laughs) we've got to make
2: that happen Uh, it was great seeing Carragher just see him at the Liverpool game he's working for Norwegian Norwegian, TV I think think, uh, him and John Anarisa were there so we assume it's Norwegian uh, and really going for it which is what you want to see you want to see your old players down there living the dream don't you yeah like I saw Paolo Di Canio this week on Italian TV oh, yeah talking about he's a, he's a big pundit over in Italy these days and he was talking about West Ham's plight to their media I'm sure they were very interested uh, and he's wearing his farewell bowling uh, polo shirt really yeah made me very happy don't know what he said probably Moyes out I imagine in Italian Moyes out Dior no no I'm not great Italian Uh, right let's go on to the weekend shall we loads of big games to talk about including West Ham who are in a bit of trouble Stoke Crystal Palace West Brom Tottenham and Everton Southampton big stories down the bottom
0: and there is the full time whistle it's a huge win for Southampton and Mark
1: Hughes he was part of their relegation great escape as a player almost a decade ago now and is this the start of another Houdini act from the Welshman it's his First win since replacing the hapless Maurizio Pellegrino. You can see what it means for Hughes as he embraces two goals. Dushan Tanic, they are on their feet around St Mary's.
2: You're listening to the Premier League preview show for the penultimate weekend of this season. Still lots to be decided down the bottom. And didn't Southampton's win last weekend against Bournemouth get almost every team in the bottom half? Even David Watford... Even they're jittery at the moment. It's mad. Uh, you still don't know who is going to get relegated. And all the teams have still got some, or in Huddersfield case, all of the big boys it seems to play. Uh, let's talk about Southampton, shall we? They go to Everton this weekend. It's the 5.30 UK time kickoff. If you're listening outside the UK, I'll be doing it alongside this man, the former Saints, Leicester and West Ham, and Watford striker, David Connolly. How are you, mate? You are all right?
0: Very good,
2: you? Yeah? yeah, we're ticking over nicely, mate. Uh, we'll talk about the Amazon in a minute. That'll put me in a bad mood. But let's talk about Southampton first, one of your former teams. Uh, a tremendous performance, I thought, against Bournemouth last week. A gutsy performance against Bournemouth last week, getting a really important 2-1 win, the first of the Mark Hughes era. Now, they won that game doing something you don't often see with Mark Hughes' teams. For me, that's get on the front foot early and go out and win it. Can you do that away to Big Sam's Everton?
0: Well, this will be really interesting because, you know, there hasn't been that much in it for Southampton. You know, I did the game against Chelsea, and I thought they were brilliant until Giroud came on. Mm. He basically changed the game in Chelsea's favour. So up to then, you know, Saints have been doing all right. You know, they did well against Arsenal, scored a couple of goals. Look, they're, they're never far away. I guess, you know, the, what they have got is match winners. You saw Tadic, you know, scored two tremendous goals. And I think you could argue that, look, if... The likes of him have been performing all season they wouldn't even be in this predicament as it is obviously they haven't had that consistency but i don't feel that big sam's going to leave those spaces that bournemouth did no way he's not going to play with wing backs he's not going to leave spaces in the channels he's going to make it very difficult for Southampton to break them down. So it'll be a real contrast because Bournemouth obviously in a completely different way to Everton and it'll be a different challenge for Mark Hughes.
3: Southampton have only won twice away from home in the Premier League this season. Mm. So you're asking them again, like they did last week, to, to come really to produce a performance that they've not been capable of doing on many occasions this season, but they need to take the confidence that they got from last season and from the performance against Chelsea in the league a few weeks ago and really just go for it. It's, absolutely everything to play for.
0: Well, absolutely. But look, they've got another away game against Swansea. And then, you know, they finish at Man City. So, it doesn't get any easier. They're going to have to pick up something, aren't they, on the road? They're going to have to. It's going it to have to be three points. And, you know, I don't think Big Sam is going to make it that easy for them. It's going to be a different challenge. And, I think what he's trying to do, you know, Mark, is, is maybe play a bit more attacking, play more players going forward, try and get some goals, the likes of Austin and Tadic, Redmond in support up there. So it's going to be tough against Everton, but I think the Swansea game is the one that if they can nick a point yeah. at Everton, I reckon if they got three against Swansea, you just don't know. Maybe that's what they're aiming for. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Mark Hughes is that he does take a long time to get the impact on his team, but it's now been a few weeks, hasn't it? I mean, did they bring him in, do you think, just in time to get this kind of impact? Because that was a great performance. You mentioned the the Chelsea game, and they were good, but of course the familiar crumbles were there. Bournemouth threw everything at Southampton last 10 minutes last week, and they just couldn't get anywhere near them because Southampton, for the first time, certainly when I've seen them this season, looked organised.
0: Well, yeah. Look, they've got they've gone back to the sort of back three and, and the wing backs. You know, using Bertrand and Sols. Obviously, Buffao spat his dummy out. But you mentioned about did they bring Hughes in early enough? You could also look at Everton. You know, mm-hmm. did they bring Cumin in? Get rid of Cumin early enough? Did they bring Big Sam in? You know, they had a, they were without a manager for for five weeks. Mm. And if they've continued in the vein that he's got them now, I worked out they'd, they'd be on seventy points yep. points per game. They'd be in top four, top five. So you could argue, look. Should Everton have got him in earlier? You know, they had weeks and weeks drifting. Now, you look at them and you think, I tell you what, they're not far off. Obviously, they'll be definitely Europa League places. And I guess for both of these clubs, it's a case of what if.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, those weeks with Unzi were great fun, weren't they? Because we got to use the nickname (laughs) Unzi. And that's really been the highlight of my entire season. Dave, we loved that, didn't we?
0: (laughs) Unzi? It got Joe Bart- Barton plenty of um, airtime <laughs> in it on talk sport. That's for sure. Yes, it
3: did. The thing about this game on on Saturday, obviously they're playing at five thirty on Saturday after, afternoon, and then earlier on the, in the day, Swansea are away at Bournemouth, West Ham are away at Leicester. Will the Southampton players be focusing on those matches as they try and prepare for Everton? Will they have one eye, on, I know, on the on the team coach on the way there or in the dressing room before this game? Have you ever experienced that in your career, where you're looking for other results to come in before you play?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, everyone's. Uh, we're all ad- adults. We all know, you know, what goes on. Everyone's got their phones. Uh, even if you try to blank it out, the opposition, if it has not gone there, your way, will soon let you know. So, you know, I don't think you can try and shy away from it. It's just something you've got to accept. And uh, it can go both ways. Obviously, if the results go Southampton's way, it gives them that little boost, isn't it, before kickoff. Mm. And if it doesn't, you know, obviously it adds to the pressure. But. I'm sure all the players will know. They've got to obviously focus on their job, but yeah, look, they'll know what's been going on for sure.
2: And some of the players actually have, even if they're not playing in the matchday squad, they get on the bench. They have their phones on them. Just see Jerome Boateng at Bayern Munich this week. He's live tweeting the game from the bench. He's in the he's a Bayern player. And he was like, that was definitely Ball doing a screenshot of it. <laughs> so they'll definitely know. Uh, listen, but on Everton, it's so funny you should say that. I was, that was going to be my next question. I was reading from when he came in, Allardyce, uh, they'd be sick from the table from the amount of points he's got. I mean, I know they've, they've climbed all the way to 88, but they'd be above Burnley, they'd be above Arsenal on the points gained since he came in. So shouldn't Everton fans, David, just shut up because he's done all right?
0: Well, look, you know, they got 14. Whoever asked, for, he must have, uh, yeah, beat me to the punch. But say the are 14 points from seven games. They'd be like have 70 points. They'd be in the top five. You know, so you cannot argue. I guess the only thing is it's the way of doing it. And obviously, Big Sam's manner. Does it endear him to the fans? And, and arguably, that that might be his weak point. That He's not that endearing, you know, like Lumpet style. And probably the Everton fans don't really like that. Saying that, He drove a hard bargain, didn't he, when he went in? Got the contract he wanted. So, to me, you can't argue with him. They're not going to sack him. And, obviously, the the performances, to me, are just getting better and better. Look, big results. Big win against Huddersfield, obviously. Newcastle. They've still got a point away against Swansea. And and beat Stoke and beat Brighton. So, I mean, how can you argue with that? I mean, it's an incredible return.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Big game. 5.30 UK time on Saturday. You can hear that with me and David uh, outside the UK. Got to ask you about the Amers, mate. Uh, Another... Diabolical week uh, for West Ham all over the back pages, not for football reasons. Poor performance against Man City last week. Ever and Zabaleta against Jesus and, and Sane I mean, and Sterling. And ugh, I made the right decision not watching it. I walked the dog during the entire game and a lovely Sunday. But now it's business time for West Ham, isn't it? Uh, and they're even having rows between Andy Carroll and, and David Moyes, apparently, which he's apologised for. I mean, it is just such a mess again, isn't it? At West Ham, thirty-five points. Everyone keeps telling me they'd be all right. I just don't see them getting any more points. Do you?
0: Um, well, look, it's going to be tough. Look, they bounced back, you know, with that big win in Southampton, which was a big win after the, you know, dreadfully disappointing display against Brighton and the scenes there. But, you know, after that, obviously the big losses to Burnley and Swansea, shipping goals, fours against cities and Arsenals. Mm. I mean, you know, it's doing their goal difference no good whatsoever. So they do have to be careful. So, you know, can I see them getting points out of their remaining games? Well, it's going to be very difficult, isn't it? And you wouldn't put it past Big Sam. Last game of the season, obviously, they sacked him mm. after he lost to Newcastle. So you wouldn't put it past Big Sam going, right, come on then, let me send these down. And what, you know, what the, the irony that would be. You just, I tell you what, you wouldn't bet that it would happen. You really wouldn't.
2: I mean, you're hoping that David Moyes wants to get one over on Man United and Everton, which has happened to be West Ham's last two games. It's funny how it works out but that way. I, but
0: I
3: think, David, this is, this is the game that they've got to target, haven't they? Because Leicester have not been in good form. It looks like they've switched off really. They got hammered last mm-hmm. week, didn't they, by Crystal Palace. I know they're away from home, but I think this is the game that West Ham have got to be looking at. Get the win, and we're okay.
0: Well, absolutely. You know, Leicester and in a the malaise, really, at the minute. One point in 12. Obviously, there's a lot of stories emanating out of there, and you wouldn't put it past them that they'd probably sack Puel. You, know, you just wouldn't, based on their track record of Ranieri and Shakespeare. So, yes, out of all their games, i would be saying this is the one. You know, they, they want to get something out of, obviously. But, you know, they've got Albrighton as a right-back. You know, he's not naturally a right-back, is he? They've got Andrew Choudhury, a young lad, coming in. He's experimenting Puel. The only thing is I just wonder whether it's come too late for West Ham that he's mm-hmm. experimented. It hasn't gone well. He's now got to get back on track, otherwise in danger of losing his job. So I wonder if it's one game too late that they'll be back on it, knowing that they've really it's not a time for particularly now. You know, for for he could lose his job, so he's got to get back on it. So I just wonder whether it's one game too late for West Ham and Leicester will be back on it. We'll see.
2: Can I ask you about West Ham's approach? Because the the seven two one formation, I like to think of it as the skinny Christmas tree. Uh, it just hasn't worked. It doesn't work, and they've conceded sure a David whole bunch of goals. I'm sure David Boyce wouldn't
3: describe it as a 7-2-1 formation. Though, yeah, but, it? I
2: mean, I've got eyes. I know exactly what it is. It's 7-2-1. What he says is wrong. It's 7-2-1. Uh, sometimes it's 9-1 is basically the formation, yet they still concede loads of goals. Any chance he might try something different because what he's done has resulted in one win in 10?
0: Well, where do you start here? Because we could talk about this, obviously, and you could tell it, you know, forever.
2: I'll indulge you, mate. Yeah. Go as long as you want.
0: <laughs> well, look, the goalkeeping situation for me is key because uh, I've never seen a club that, that changes goalkeepers as much as West Ham. Then bought a keeper uh, since
2: uh, Rob Green.
0: Well, exactly. And the thing is that they're both, one's only got a year left and one's obviously uh, is going to go back to his parent club. So they're going to have to rebuild. But the point is, all the, the gains and the points that have been lost, I think, because there's no confidence shown in either keeper, as soon as one is up and he says, Right, he's got a chance to stake a claim. That one doesn't do it. Right, he's got to bring Joe Hart back in. Adrian makes a mistake. He's out. And I think that, you know, transmits to the rest of the defence. And I just think it starts from there. I haven't been totally enamoured with how Moyes has gone about his man management. Obviously, you've got the Andy Carroll story. And can you blame him? Look, he come on, didn't he? he scored against Stoke.
2: PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are
1: there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they
2: accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those ninety minutes than what goes down on the pitch with the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions. You'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at Labrooks.com, eighteen plus be gambleaware.org, T's and Cs apply.
0: Rescued them with that point and doesn't come doesn't get the opportunity again. So
2: Yeah, but hold on a minute. Andy a <laughs> minute, mate. You? Andy Carroll moaning about not being on the pitch. It's like opposite day. It's the exact opposite of what it's been the entire time he's been there. We're meant to moan because he's never on the pitch. He's played four minutes since January. Oh, sorry well, you couldn't that, play Andy. Yes, Did it annoy you?
0: Well, that's right. I mean, I, 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 he's, a, he's a player that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be paying his wages. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> at the football club. But, but I do have to say, if he's fit, you have got, got to use play. him. They, yeah. don't have, they don't have enough resources just to leave him there. And even the owners would be saying, well, look, we're playing in that. Finally, get him on the pitch. You know, when he's on the pitch, he's hard to defend against. Particularly with, I don't know, five, ten minutes to go and you put the ball in the box. I mean, that's what you want. So, look, you know, obviously a huge frustration for West Ham fans, but how they can, you know, turn it around is and build for next season, that's the key thing. Whether they're in the Premier League or not, we'll have to wait and see.
2: I can only see Huddersfield losing all three games, being the reason West Ham stay up. I can't see them getting any more points, certainly not this weekend. But we shall see. It's amongst the three o'clock kickoffs this Saturday. Uh, David, thanks a lot, mate. We'll see you at the weekend. Yeah, take care. David Connolly, top man, former striker for Leicester, for West Ham, for Watford, plenty of others too. Uh, let's keep going. Loads more stories. Premier League's not done yet. Neither is the previous show. Liverpool
1: steps the ball through. Phillips into the box. Phillips low, right foot. 1-0. Drills it in. 29 minutes. A straight ball. Newcastle napping. Matt Phillips is in. Rifles a ball in
2: right footed. West Bromwich Albion take the lead. You're listening to the Premier League preview show for the penultimate weekend of this season. Still lots to be decided down the bottom. And didn't Southampton's win last weekend against Bournemouth get almost every team in the bottom half? Even David Watford. Even they're jittery at the moment. It's mad. Uh, you still don't know who is going to get relegated and all the teams have still got some, or in Huddersfield case, all of the big boys it seems to play. Uh, let's talk about Southampton, shall we? They go to Everton this weekend. It's the 5.30 UK time kickoff. If you're listening outside the UK, I'll be doing it alongside this man, the former Saints, Leicester and West Ham and Watford striker, David Connolly. How are you, mate? You all right? right.
0: Very good,
2: you? Yeah, we're ticking over nicely, mate. Uh, We'll talk about the Amers in a minute. That'll put me in a bad mood. But let's talk about Southampton first, one of your former teams. A tremendous performance, I thought, against Bournemouth last week. A gutsy performance against Bournemouth last week, getting a really important 2-1 win, the first of the Mark Hughes era. Now, they won that game doing something you don't often see with Mark Hughes teams. For me, that's get on the front foot early and go out and win it. Can you do that away to Big Sam's Everton?
0: Well, this will be really interesting because, you know, there hasn't been that much in it for Southampton. You know, I did the game against Chelsea, and I thought they were brilliant until Giroud came on. Mm. He basically changed the game in Chelsea's favour. So up to then, you know, Saints have been doing all right. You know, they did well against Arsenal, scored a couple of goals. But they're never far away. I guess, you know, what they have got is match winners. You saw Tadic, you know, he scored two tremendous goals. And I think you could argue that, look, if the likes of him have been performing all season, they wouldn't even be in this predicament. As it is, obviously, they haven't had that consistency, but I don't feel that Big Sam's going to leave those spaces that Bournemouth did. No way. He's not going to play with wing-backs. He's not going to leave spaces in the channels. He's going to make it very difficult for Sam to break him down. So it'll be a real contrast because Bournemouth obviously play in a completely different way to Everton, and it'll be a different challenge for Mark Hughes. Southampton
3: have only won twice away from home in the Premier League this season. Mm. So you're asking them again, like they did last week, to, to come really to produce a performance that they've not been capable of doing on many occasions this season. But they need to take the confidence that they got from last season and from the performance against Chelsea in the league a few weeks ago really just go for it. It's, it's absolutely everything to play for. Well,
0: absolutely. But look, they've got another away game against Swansea. And then, you know, they finish at Man City. So, it doesn't get any easier. They're going to have to pick up something, aren't they, on the road? They're going to have to. It's going to be have to be three points. And, you know, I don't think Big Sam is going to make it that easy for them. It's going to be a different challenge. And I think what he's trying to do, you know, Mark, is maybe play a bit more attacking, play more players going forward, try and get some goals, the likes of Austin and Tadic, Redmond in support up there. So, it's going to be tough against Everton, but... I think the Swansea game is the one that, if they can nick a point at Everton, I reckon if they got three against Swansea, you just don't know. Maybe that's what they're aiming for. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Mark Hughes, he does take a long time to get the impact on his team, but it's now been a few weeks, hasn't it? I mean, did they bring him in, do you think, just in time to get this kind of impact? Because that was a great performance. You mentioned the Chelsea game, and they were good, but of course the familiar crumbles were there. Bournemouth threw everything at Southampton last 10 minutes last week and they just couldn't get anywhere near them because Southampton, for the first time, certainly when I've seen them this season, looked organised.
0: Well, yeah, look, they've, got, they've gone back to the sort of back three and, and the wing-backs, you know, using Bertrand and Soares, obviously Bouffal spat his dummy out. But you mentioned about did they bring Hughes in early enough. You could also look at Everton. You know, mm-hmm. did they bring Cumin in, get rid of Koeman early enough? Did they bring Big Sam in? You know, they were without a manager for for five weeks. Mm. And if they'd have can, continued in the vein that he's got them now, I worked out they'd, they'd be on 70 points yep. points per game. They'd be in top four, top five. So you could argue, look, should Everton have got him in earlier? You know, they had weeks and weeks drifting. Now you look at them, and you think, Phew, I tell you what, they're not far off. Obviously, they they'd be definitely Europa League places. And it, I guess for both of these clubs, it's a case of what if.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, those weeks with Unzi were great fun, weren't they? Because we got to use the nickname <laughs> Unzi. And that's really been the highlight of my entire season. Dave, we loved that, didn't we?
0: <laughs> Unzi? Well, it, it, it got Joey Bart- Barton plenty of um, air talk, <laughs> it? it? took sport, that's for sure. Yes, it did. The thing about
3: this game on, on Saturday, obviously they're playing at 5.30 on Saturday after, afternoon. And then earlier on in the, in the day, Swansea are away at Bournemouth, West Ham are away at Leicester. Will the Southampton players be focusing on those matches as they try and prepare for Everton? Will they have one eye, on, I know, on the on the team coach on the way there or in the dressing room before this game? Have you ever experienced that in your career where you're looking for other results to come in before you play?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, everyone's... Uh, we're all adults. We all know, you know, what goes on. Everyone's got their phones. Even if you try to blank it out, the opposition, if it hasn't got it, gone their, your way, will soon let you know. So, you know, I don't think you can try and shy away from it. It's just something you've got to accept, and uh, it can go both ways. Obviously, if the results go Southampton's way, it gives them that little boost, is not it, before kickoff? Mm. And if it doesn't, you know, obviously it adds to the pressure, but I'm sure all the players will know. They've got to obviously focus on their job, but, yeah, look, they'll know what's been going on for sure.
2: And some of the players actually have, even if they're not playing in the match day squad, they get on the bench, they have their phones on them. Do you see Jerome Boateng? Uh, Bayern Munich this week. He's live tweeting the game from the bench. He's in the he's a Bayern player, and he was like, "That was definitely Ball doing a screenshot of it." So they'll definitely know. Uh, listen, but on Everton, it's so funny you should say that. I was, that was going to be my next question. I was reading from when he came in, Allardyce. Uh, they'd be sick in the table from the amount of points he's got. I mean, I know they've, they've climbed all the way to eight, but they'd be above Burnley. They'd be above Arsenal on the points gained since he came in. So shouldn't Everton fans, David, just shut up because he's done all right?
0: Well, look, you know, they've got four in... Whoever asked, he must have, uh, yeah, beat me to the punch, but say the are 14 points from seven games. They'd, be, they'd have 70 points, they'd be in the top five. You know, so you cannot argue. I guess the only thing is it's the way of doing it, and obviously Big Sam's manner. Does it endear him to the fans? And, and arguably, that, that might be his weak point, that he's not that endearing, you know, like Lumpet style, and probably the Everton fans don't really like that. Saying that... He drove a hard bargain, didn't he, when he went in? Got the contract he wanted. So, to me, you can't argue with him. They're not going to sack him. And, obviously, the, the performances, to me, are just getting better and better. Look, big results. Big win against Huddersfield, obviously. Newcastle. They've still got a point away against Swansea. And, and beat Stoke and beat Brighton. So, I mean, how can you argue with that? I mean, it's an incredible return.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Big game. 5.30 UK time on Saturday. You can hear that with me and David uh, outside the UK. Got to ask you about the Ammers, mate. Uh, another... Diabolical week uh, for West Ham all over the back pages, not for football reasons. Poor performance against Man City last week. Ever and Zabaleta against Jesus and, and Sane I mean, and Sterling. And ugh, I made the right decision not watching it. I walked the dog during the entire game on a lovely Sunday. But now it's business time for West Ham, isn't it? Uh, and they're even having rows between Andy Carroll and, and David Moyes, apparently, which he's apologised for. I mean, it is just such a mess again, isn't it, at West Ham? 35 points, everyone keeps telling me they would be all right. I just don't see them getting any more points, do you?
0: Um, well, look, it's going to be tough. Look, they bounced back, you know, with that big win in Southampton, which was a big win after the, you know, dreadfully disappointing display against Brighton and the scenes there. But, you know, after that, obviously, the big losses to Burnley and Swansea, shipping goals fours against cities and arsenals. Mm. I mean, you know, it's doing their goal difference no good whatsoever, so they do have to be careful. So, you know, can I see them getting points out of their remaining games? Well, it's going to be very difficult, isn't it? And you wouldn't put it past Big Sam, last game of the season, obviously, they sacked him mm. after he lost to Newcastle. So you wouldn't put it past Big Sam going, right, come on then, let me send these down. And what, you know, what the, the irony that would be. You just, I tell you you wouldn't bet that it would happen. You really wouldn't.
2: I mean, you're hoping that David Moyes wants to get one over on Man United and Everton, which has happened to be West Ham's last two games. It's funny how it works out but that way. I,
3: but I think, David, this is, this is the game that they've got a target, haven't they? Because Leicester have not been in good form. It looks like they've switched off, really. They got hammered last mm. week, didn't they, by Crystal Palace. I know they're away from home, but I think this is the game that West Ham have got to be looking at. Get the win, and we're Okay.
0: Well, absolutely. You know, Leicester and in Mala- a malaise, really, at the minute. One point in 12. Obviously, there's a lot of stories emanating out of there, and you wouldn't put it past them that they'd probably sacked Puel. You, you just wouldn't, based on their track record of Ranieri and Shakespeare. So, yes, out of all their games, I'd be saying this is the one. You know, they, they want to get something out of, obviously. But, you know, they've got Albrighton Brighton as a right-back. You know, he's not naturally a right-back, is he? They've got Andrew Choudhury, a young lad coming in. He's experimenting Puel the only thing is, I just wonder whether it's come too late for West Ham that he's mm-hmm. experimented. It hasn't gone well. He's now got to get back on track, otherwise in danger of losing his job. So I wonder if it's one game too late that they'll be back on it, knowing that they've really... It's not a time for Tickering now, you know, for Powell, He could lose his job, so he's got to get back on it. So I just wonder whether it's one game too late for West Ham and Leicester will be back on it. We'll see.
2: Can I ask you about West Ham's approach? Because the 7-2-1 formation, I like to think of it as the skinny Christmas tree. Uh, it just hasn't worked It doesn't work and they've conceded I'm sure David Boyce wouldn't,
3: wouldn't describe it as a 7-2-1 formation though, Yeah but it? I
2: mean I've got eyes I know exactly what it is It's 7-2-1 What he says is wrong It's 7-2-1 uh, Sometimes it's 9-1 It's basically the formation Yet they still concede loads of goals Any chance he might try something different Because what he's done has resulted in one win in ten
0: Well where do you start here Because we could talk about this obviously And you could tell it You know forever
2: I'll indulge you yeah. mate Go as long as you want
0: <laughs> well, look, the goalkeeping situation for me is key because uh, I've never seen a club that that changes goalkeepers as much as West Ham. They haven't bought a keeper uh, since
2: uh, Rob Green.
0: Well, exactly, and the thing is that they're both. one's only got a year left and one's obviously a, a, is going to go back to his parent club, so they're going to have to rebuild. But the point is, all the, the gains and the points that have been lost, I think, because there's no confidence shown in either keeper, as soon as one is up and he says, Right, he's got a chance to stake a claim. That one doesn't do it right. He's got to bring Joe Hart back in. Adrian makes a mistake. He's out. And I think that, you know, transmits to the rest of the defence. And I just think it starts from there. I haven't been totally enamoured with how Moyes has gone about his man management. Obviously, you've got the Andy Carroll story. And Can you blame him? Look, he come on, didn't he? he scored against Stoke, rescued them with that point, and doesn't come doesn't get the opportunity again. So
2: Yeah, but hold on a minute. Hold <laughs> on minute, you, mate. Andy Carroll moaning about not being on the pitch. It's like opposite day. It's the exact opposite of what it's been the entire time he's been there. We're meant to moan because he's never on the pitch. He's played four minutes since January. Oh, sorry you well, couldn't that, play Andy. Yes, Did it annoy you?
0: Well, that's right. I mean, I, 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 he's, a, he's a player that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be paying his wages, that's for sure, you know, <laughs> at the football club. But, but I do have to say, if he's fit, you have got, got to use play. him. They, yeah. don't have, they don't have enough resources Just to leave him there. And even the owners would be saying, well, look, we're playing in that. Finally, get him on the pitch. You know, when he's on the pitch, he's hard to defend against. Particularly with, I don't know, five, ten minutes to go and you put the ball in the box. I mean, that's what you want. So, look, you know, obviously huge frustration for West Ham fans, but how they can, you know, turn it around is... And build for next season, that's the key thing. Whether they're in the Premier yeah. League or not, we'll have to wait and see.
2: I can only see Huddersfield losing all three games being the reason West Ham stay up. I can't see him getting any more points, certainly not this weekend, but we shall see. It's amongst the three o'clock kickoffs this Saturday. Uh, David, thanks a lot, mate. We'll see you at the weekend.
0: Yeah, take care.
2: David Connolly, top man, former striker for Leicester, for West Ham, for Watford. Plenty of others, too. Uh, let's keep going. Loads more stories. Premier League's not done yet, neither's the previous show. newly previewed show sure for the 37th week of the season. Tom Rennie and Talk Sports football editor David Walker with you and we have got a load to talk about. Let's start with Stoke City shall we up against Crystal Palace. Uh, vital week for the Potters of course they find themselves in the relegation zone. Two games to go. Uh, quite frankly three points adrift. A loss against Crystal Palace in the early game of the weekend and we're down to just one space to fill aren't we?
3: Yeah I think so. There's been too many draws for Stoke isn't there? Every time they've had one of these games where you think right get it's three points Burnley, and get yeah. right back in it. they've often drawn nil-nil, not got the goals enough to, to, to get the three points. And they take on Crystal Palace, a team who will be absolutely buoyant with confidence after that performance and that victory last week. Zaha, talk about mm. end product. He delivered last week, didn't he?
2: Well, exactly right. Like, we spoke about him on the show seven days ago and we said, look, the skills are great. The tricks are great. How much has he really grown from the player at Man United who he said... Uh, was too focused on on doing step-overs. Uh, And that was one of the best individual performances by a player. And I would say one of the best individual performances or collective performances by a team this season against Leicester. Uh, From the fifth minute, Leicester were good first five. After that, I thought Palace absolutely dismantled them. A fantastic performance. Loftus-Cheek had a tremendous game defensively. Mamadou Sakho and James Tompkins finally getting them fit and playing together. You can't get past them. Um, I wonder whether they'll have the motivation this weekend. And that'll be the fear for a lot of the teams that are down the bottom because they are now up to 38 and that is probably the line. And Crystal Palace are a proper Jekyll and Hyde sort of team, aren't they?
3: They are, yeah. I mean, you know, Roy Hodgson will be drilling into these players this week. They've got to produce the same performance again. But I suppose, look, Stoke, no, this is last chance saloon. It's at home. It's against Crystal Palace who, as you say, can have their off days, can have their days where they just can't score for love nor money. Mm. But Stoke have got to take opportunities if and when they come. They haven't done that enough this season. No, and The, the
2: issue with me for Stoke as well, and the reason that their most recent form has got those three draws, cut with defeats before them, but tough games. In all those games, and I put the Liverpool game in it last week as well, though Shawcross probably should have scored the open goal at the end. They haven't tried to win from the outset. But what I mean by that is, like I said about Southampton, get on the front foot, get after them, get bodies forward, get maybe five or six bodies up to support. You watch them, they maybe get three or maybe get four. There's always that air of caution. And I always think back to Alan Kerbishley uh, when he came in to West Ham in the great escape season, 6 07, And he said, what we need is three-pointers, It doesn't matter what we do at this point. It's three-pointers. And he had Zamora and Tevez and uh, three or four other players forward. He was just bombing forward. Lost a few of their games. The the Tottenham game, is the famous one, Mark Noble crying and all that sort of stuff.
0: Paul But they tried to
2: win. Paul Stalterian in the last minute. Exactly right. Uh, Good memory. Um, But it just... That is what Stoke haven't done, I think, enough. And I think they've been a bit too over-cautious, and, and that's cost them. And Southampton changed tack last week, uh, and it suited them. That's something that Swansea did, of course, when Carlos Carvalhal came in. They've got Bournemouth this weekend. That is going to be a cracking game, by the way. Again, last week, another Bournemouth game delivering on entertainment. But I just don't see Bournemouth losing this game this weekend.
3: No, I don't. Swansea have not been impressive on the road. I mean, they've actually started to not be that impressive at home as well recently, but it's... <laughs> It is a massive game. They've got to go for it. Yeah, they, Like you say, you know against Bournemouth, you're going to get chances. You're going to have to defend so as well. So open,
2: aren't they? Yeah. They're
3: open. It's going to be a real end-to-end, swashbuckling affair, you'd like to think.
2: If they win this game uh, at the weekend against Bournemouth, the next two games almost become a which one do you want to send down as opposed to a, you're in the mix. That is how close we are right now with mm. these teams. Um, Watford against Newcastle this weekend, two teams that are, you don't think Watford are, but, I mean, they're very, very close. I think you'd say that. Uh, Newcastle definitely are going to be in the Premier next year despite their loss against West Brom last weekend. Yeah. Um, and you would have seen it, Dave, away from home. Watford just cannot score a goal. Uh, no. Uh, again, we saw it on Monday. It was quite frustrating because they did almost everything right. I thought Capoo was fantastic. I thought, I was looking forward to seeing Pereira actually. It was a shame he was out. He got but
3: a bit of a knock, I think. in Will the he be previous be back this weekend? I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know how bad it was, so maybe. But he is a player that is prone to the odd sort of groin strain here and there. And Everything's kind of, like five weeks for him, isn't it? It's kind of let him down a bit over the last few seasons. But he has been playing really well before that. But I think yeah. with Watford at the moment, yes, I think that there's enough teams beneath Watford that they, you would think that it would take a, an extraordinary set of circumstances to relegate them from here. But like you, you're saying, I can't see West Ham getting another point. Mm. I'm kind of feeling like that myself with, with Watford because uh, next weekend to go away to Manchester United, mm. I wouldn't expect to necessarily bank on getting anything there mm. at Old Trafford. And it's there's been a real frustration amongst the Watford fans in recent weeks that they have been unable to transfer good possession Good positional play, getting into good areas, can't. Put the ball in the net. Yeah. Can create chances, but just cannot score. Gerard dellafeo coming back against Spurs was a positive. I think mm-hmm. if he starts against Newcastle, that could be the game changer.
2: Newcastle this weekend, uh, visit Vicarage Road. Uh, should be a decent game. What well, uh, Newcastle, right? All about, sure about Ra- all about <laughs> uh, All about Rafa's, All about Rafa's contract that <laughs> I one. think
3: this is what last on Match of the Day. written on Get the front. front
2: foot. Get on the front foot, guys. <laughs> Do us some entertainment. Uh, Man City have given us a lot of entertainment this year, but though they're picking up the Premier League trophy, and of course there'll be lots of great plaudits for that, and we expect Vincent Kompany to lift the Premier League trophy about half three. UK time on Sunday uh, when this game is finished. It's really all about Huddersfield Town. That's the story here. So Huddersfield Town have got this game away at uh, Manchester City. Then in midweek, they go to Chelsea. Final day of the season, I think they can target points against Arsenal. Now, we're recording this program before the Europa League uh, semi-final, though. I'm going to assume they've been eliminated by Atletico Madrid. Uh, What kind of team are they going to put out, Arsenal? How much motivation is there? You know, the Wenger thing continues to drag on week after week after week. Uh, I don't think they've been good in any of the games they've played. I didn't really think they were great against West Ham and they got the win. Huddersfield are going to need to, I mean, I think they might need to put all their eggs in the Arsenal basket. Maybe they rest a couple of people here. Maybe they just let Man City do what Man City do, uh, as everyone has, and make sure they've got... Steve Mounier, make sure they've got Aaron Moy, make sure they've got the the starting players yeah, for I next
3: week. Is that mad? I don't think they've got that many players that they can swap in, though, really. Mm. they Well, the biggest squad. But I, don't, I think it's irrelevant, really. If Man City want to roll them over, Man City will roll them yeah. over. It'll, it'll be a party at the Etihad. Yes, had. They'll be lifting the trophy after the game. I, I fully expect this to be a, a result in similar manner to the last couple of weeks against Swansea and West Ham. Four or five goals.
2: Uh, also, on Sunday is going to be the Arsene Wenger farewell party, his final home game in charge. Yeah. Um, but it just, we've been talking about this a lot on my Talksport 2 show this week. Every time I think about Arsene Wenger, I think about uh, that Ferris Bueller clip where he just goes, um, Are you still here? Go home. It's over. It's like he said this week before the Atletico game, it'd be a shame for this love affair to finish like this. Well, it's a love affair where the divorce has been finalised, the papers have been signed, but he's still living in the house. Just go. Just walk away. On Thursday, should they have lost to Atletico, again, we don't know if that's no, happened, no, no, he should say, look, you, that's, that's me. Cheers. Thank no, you very much. You, it's no, This is pitiful, that.
3: mate. This I, is pitiful. Well, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, once you're gone, you're gone. You can't live with the wife once you've left no, her. but it's It's different. It, it, this, he, he can't just walk away.
0: He
2: missed his moment. He missed his magic moment. We know he, 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 the whole final, the, the final last year, he could have had his magic That doesn't shake. matter. Of he's course saying it matters.
3: on Sunday, that will be his last home game. If I was him, I'd be on Edison's and yacht. And I, I really hope that the Arsenal fans do pull out all the stops and the club pull out all the stops. Because he does deserve a send-off. It does not matter one jot what's happened in the last 10 years. What he's done for that club will stand the test of time and he's quite rightly been hailed as one of the greatest managers in their history, mm-hmm. one of the greatest managers in English football history and that is absolutely true and against Burnley, which is a big game, if they lose to Burnley on Sunday, they go into that last game against Huddersfield, potentially finishing 7th which would be a terrible way for him to go out, it would be yeah. the lowest finish I think in the Premier League i would be alright, that That'd be, right. That'd be fine, That'd be, I'd look, sleep I just hope that, I hope that Sunday is a good occasion because I think he deserves it.
2: Uh, yeah, they've invited a lot of ex-players down, the Hundred mm-hmm. Club have all gone down there and they're talking about naming one of the stands as, as the Arsene Wenger end and uh, I'm sure there'll be a statue. and you know, all That's all great. But uh, eventually, um, you know, you've got to make the ex-wife leave the house. You can't get the divorce and keep living in there. You've got to move and someone new in. Uh, I just find it bizarre, this whole city. Once you've left, you've left. Uh, well, maybe it leaked out I don't know it's odd that it's happened um, should mention uh, this as well uh, this midweek all the catch up games uh, mm. that are going to be happening yeah. uh, we mentioned Swansea Southampton uh, what a game that, that could prove to be loads of other stuff happening as well uh, on Wednesday Man City against Brighton uh, Brighton are in the same position as Watford are. Maybe they just want a little extra point to make sure they're going to be there. They've got 37, which I think will probably be fine. But, you know, they, they still need to get it, you'd, you'd feel, to make sure they do it for themselves. Huddersfield-Chelsea, if Huddersfield had lost against City already, a couple of days later going to Chelsea. You don't necessarily want that. Leicester against Arsenal could be the game that confirms Arsenal win seventh, depending on how they got on against Burnley. Uh, Tottenham-Newcastle got some drama to it. And then on Thursday, we go to the Olympic Stadium. Don't call it the London Stadium because it's a stupid, stupid name. Uh, West Ham and United. So West Ham have lost to Leicester this weekend. Two home games, Thursday and Sunday, uh, to get over the line. One of them, exactly two years to the day. They played their final game at the bowling ground against, against Man United, United. United when they won yeah. 3-2. Funny how it works out. Could be the game that sends them down to the old championship. Boo! If we go down and a week is my wedding, it's going to be a right bummer, isn't it? I'm not going to be able to enjoy the honeymoon. Yeah, I might enjoy the honeymoon. Anyway, we're out of time for this week. Thanks, Dave. Always Thank a pleasure. Never a chore. The final programme of the season is up next week. Six seasons down. Another one to come. Huh? Let's hope so. Hope so. Can't wait. See you next week. <laughs>